Posse. Zealous, play hard to get females, get jealous. Okay, smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad, a showing body. A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high-class luncheon. Food is served in your stone-cold munching. Music comes on, people start to dance, but then you ate so much, you nearly split your pants. A girl starts walking, guys start gawking. Sits down next to you and starts talking. Says she want to dance because she likes to groove. So come on, fat so and just bust the move. brother Larry in five days from now he's gonna marry he's hoping you can make it there if you can cause in the ceremony you'll be the best man you say neato check your libido and roll to the church in your new tuxedo the bride walks down just to start the wedding and there's one more girl you won't be getting so you start thinking then you start clicking a bride made looks and thinks that you're winking she thinks you're kind of cute so she wings back and now you're feeling really firm cause the girl is stacked receptions jumping bases pumping look at the girl and your heart starts stomping says she want to dance to a different group now you don't want to Just 
Maurice, what's going on, man? What's going on? The Humpty Dash is your chance to do the hump. All right, rock with me, man. It's hump day. I know, man. I know, I know, I know. It's not Tuesday. It's Wednesday, man. Yeah, you got your calendar right. Time is right. We're all at 8 o'clock. Hump day. We're in the building. This is Ask the Further Review 2.0, also known as the Sideline Pass and all that. Live and direct coming to you, man, courtesy of Action VR Network. We are in the building, man. It's hump day. So what, man? All right? It's a lot of stuff to talk about. We just got another day worth of stuff to discuss and get it, you know, get it in and chop it up. We got the World Series to talk about. We got NBA to talk about. It's back. Finally. You asked for it. It's here. NBA season is on and popping. All right, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into some college basketball because you already know after further review, 2.0 is ahead of the game. We talked about some college basketball last week, all right? So we're going to talk about a little bit more about college basketball this week. That's how we give it up. Um, a lot of other stuff to, to talk about and discuss, man. Um, 954-246-0398, if you're so inclined, you want to chop up some sports, let's get it in. We're going to talk about um, week seven, of the NFL, we'll get into that, and um, whatever else, man, we're going to rock out, man, I'm, I'm trying to hold it down and see what we're going to do, we're just going to stress this thing out, chop it up, I got Wacko Bob in the building with me holding me down, so um, let's get busy, man, um, World Series, Washington Nationals, Houston Astros, um, I don't even want to get into my Yankees, man, I don't even want to get into that, we'll get into that later on, but um, you know, pitching matchups, all over the place. You know what I mean? You can't ask for nothing more than that. Um, great lineups, great pitching, you know, and um, we'll see. Somebody's lying. Either the pitching is going to, you know, uh, do better than the hitting or the hitting is going to make the pitching look bad. So far, man, um, you know, the, the hitting did his numbers, man. Gary Cole, 19-0 and 0 coming into the game. Um, he's unstoppable. He's, uh, you know, he, he can't be beat, he can't be touched. But the Washington Nationals got to him a little bit, man. And um, I just think that um, all the Nationals have to do is just focus on on the job ahead, man. I think that, um, you know, the Houston Astros, they, 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 you know, have done what it takes to get to the World Series, you know, um, you know, a couple years in a row now, you know, but they got to finish the job, you know, because this Houston Astros team was strong last year. And, and Boston Red Sox made him look bad. So here we go again. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, and I think that um, what happens with the, with, with the Astros and stuff like that is that, you know, they're good enough. But are they good enough to get it done? I mean, they got it done a couple years back, no disrespect to them. But um, they're playing a team which is basically kind of sort of a mirror image of what they do down in Houston, man. Um, the Nationals have, you know, youngsters, you know, all over the place. They got stars, they got pitching, they got vets, they got guys that have been in, in, in these situations before. And, um, you know, let's, let's just call it what it is, man. The Washington Nationals are going to give the Houston Astros all they want, you know. Um, you know, for example, uh, game one last night, Juan Soto, you know, um, young guy reminds me of back in the days when Andrew Jones was killing the Yankees in the World Series, you know. Um, this kid, man, um, he had the big hit to, to, to help the uh, Nationals win the wild card game. 
Then he had a game-tying home run in Dodger Stadium off Clayton Kershaw in game five of the NLDS. And, you know, then it was last night, all right? Um, the kid went three for four with a double, a home run, and three RBIs. You know, he's only 20 years old. He'll be 21 years old on Friday. You know what I mean? So this kid does his numbers. He does what he's supposed to do. Um, and, again, we, we over here at After Further Review, we had the Nationals. We picked the Nationals in six over the Houston Astros. And uh, we like how you know, the World Series is, is starting out so far. You know, I, I'm not going to, you know, put a lot of stock into um, Garrett Cole getting roughed up a little bit. It was due. You know what I mean? Went up against a good lineup, man, and, and they waited him out. You know, the first time through the lineup, he did his numbers. But then, you know, they kind of, you know, saw what he was doing. And, then, and they got the nerves out the way. I think that's what it was. They got, they, you know, they were nervous. It's the World Series. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and when you talk about a kid like Juan Soto, he does not, you know, shy away from the big moments. You know, I think he just, you know, takes a deep breath and, and, and he just, like, you know, lets the, lets the moment happen. You know, and um, I think that, you know, last night was an indication of, you know, um, how he's going to, you know, perform the rest of his career, man. You know, he did his numbers in game one. And now, you know, the Nationals lead the World Series, you know, after, you know, they found themselves, you know, on the ropes of the wild card game. And remember game five, the NLDS, you know, and, and Juan Soto came through in the clutch every single time. So respect to him. Um, I'm not going to take nothing away from the Houston Astros, man. They, they deserve um, you know, the, the, the spot that they're in right now, they gave it to the Yankees. Um, shout out to, you know, Jose Altuve um, with the walk-off home run in game six. Um, it kind of like this, you know, put the Yankees back to square one. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. You know, I'm a Yankees guy. And um, it, that, that took the Yankees back to, get, you know, to square one. I'm not going to talk about the, the game where they had four errors and they were playing like they were scared. And, um, again, at the end of the day, man, I'm going to talk about it. And some, you know, people might not, you know, like that, but it is what it is. You know, I'm not here to pretend or fake no jacks or sugarcoat nothing. I'm not here for that. If you want that, go somewhere else. We're not here for that. Um, the Yankees blew it again. You know, all the 300 home runs they hit in the regular season, I ain't mean a damn thing. And I told you before, I told you back in June and July, we play for October. We don't care about, you know, a division title and winning over 100 games. That's nice. It's nice. But what does that mean? We won over 100 games this year. We won a division. But where we at? We sitting at home watching the World Series like everybody else. So, again, man, um, another failure by the Yankees, man. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, Brian Cashman can, you know, get some pitching here. We need some pitching. And if, if, if anybody can take on that contract of Giancarlo Stanton, they can have him. I'm not, I'm not here to, to talk about, you know, next year and Stanton will be better and all that. Knock it off. I'm not here for that. He's been here two years. And what has he done? Not a damn thing. And even Aaron Judge, who's been through his trials and tribulations with injuries and stuff like that, at least he shows up. He might not get the big hit when you want it, but he has it popping his back. He makes big defensive plays. He saved the Yankees in a couple of those um, championship series games. 
where was Giancarlo Stanton? And I told you, I'm going to start calling him Mike again. He don't like it. I don't care. I don't like the fact that he strike out every time he get up. So we even. So, again, at the end of the day, I'm hearing um, that the St. Louis Cardinals, who, you know, made a run at, at, at Mike Stanton back in 2017, okay, before the Yankees snatched him up, they're willing to, you know, do work out some kind of trade. Good riddance is what I say. Get him out of here. We don't need him. We went to the National, to the American League Championship Series Game 6 without him. We don't need him. And, again, I'm not one of those dudes that, you know, like a lot of these so-called sports heads, they talk about, well, the Yankees dealt with a bunch of injuries. And, nah, man, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. We're not using that excuse. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Because with all those dudes that was injured, the Severinos, he came back. Right? The Didi Gregoras, he came back. Aaron Judge, he came back. Okay? The guys that we were missing, like Patances, okay, Stanton, okay? We went to game six of the American League Championship Series without them. I say we need Dylan Patances back for next year. We really don't need Mike Stanton. We don't need him. To do what? To do what exactly? Because he, he, he should get an endorsement for, like, an air conditioning company or something. Because as much as and much wind as he provides for all those strikeouts, he should get some kind of, you know, he should get some kind of cut from an air conditioning company. That's all he provides is a bunch of wind. And, yeah, I've said it. I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm going to talk to it. I'm not Mr. Nice Guy. Nah, we, don't, we don't do that over here. We don't wear fake mustaches and all that. We don't do that. And I think that, you know, you give them a grace period. We understand that injuries happen. It's a part of the game. We get it. But um, this guy, when he does show up, it's like he never showed up. I can get up there and strike out four times. So what are we really doing with Mike Stanton, man? Because it's starting to bubble. And you know, New York, when it starts to bubble, and we, and, and we start getting a sour taste in our mouth about some particular guys, we're going to let him have it. And all of that about him not being able to stay in New York, I don't think that was it. I don't think that was it. I think staying, you know, was good for New York if he was healthy. It would have been nice to see what he could do when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. So all of that about, you know, him, you know, next year he'll be back. We heard that last year. We heard that the year before that. So now it's time to, you know, if somebody wants to take on that contract, man, you know, I don't want to be stuck with this, with this nonsense and this garbage for another eight years. Because he's got eight years left on his deal. So the St. Louis Cardinals, they, if they want him that bad, um, hey, let's, let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen. But, again, uh, Brian Cashman, you got to get him some pitching in here. Shout out to CC Sebastian. He had a great career. Shout out to him. Shout out to Brett Gardner. He won't be back next year. I'm not sure if D.D. Gregorius will be back next year. Because the money that he's asking for is going to be too much. And I'm quite sure he can get what he wants somewhere else. 
Yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, I'm definitely hearing what you're saying here too, you know, just agreeing with it here, you know, a little bit, but I'll let you keep going on. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, man, we got, we got, you know, um, remember we had Miguel and Duhar, he was hurt. So he'll be back next year. So we don't need the infield is going to be kind of crowded. All right. We can, we can move DJ LeMayu to second base. We can move Leva Torres to short. All right. Gio Rochelle can play third, you know, so we still have to find a, a spot for Miguel and Duhar. We got to find a spot for him. And 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 the, and the Luke Boyce and the Greg Birds of the world, we can get rid of Greg Bird too. Greg Bird is another one who's taking up space. We need somebody that's going to um, be able to provide some defense. Offensively, we'll be okay, but we need somebody at first base to provide defense. I know we're not going to find anybody like you know Don Manley or anything like that. We need somebody who could play some defense at first base. Because if you watched the American League Championship Series, it was a problem. DJ LeMahieu was playing out of position. DJ LeMahieu should have never been playing first base. Never. And you know me, man. If you've been rocking with after further review, man, you know me. I don't like right-handed first baseman. I don't like it. It makes no sense to me. I mean, you'll take up all the other positions on the field, left-handed position, and I'm left-handed. So you already know, left-handed on Twitter, get at me. Um, I'm a left-handed player, and I play first base. So I feel like left-handers are, can, you know, they, the glove side, that, 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 that's their thing. With a right-handed first baseman, the glove side is on the foul side. What are you doing? That makes no sense. But that's a, that's a baseball talk. But um, I'm proud of my Yankees, man. I, I'm never going nowhere, man. I talk about them all day. They always let me down. But here's one more thing I'm going to say before we, before we end off for that Yankee talk. It's been 10-plus years now. We haven't been in the World Series since 2009. It's starting to feel like, remember, I, you know, um, old-school Yankee fans, we go back to, you know, when we won the World Series in 78. We won it in 77. We was in the World Series in 76. We lost to Cincinnati. We beat the Dodgers in 77. We beat the Dodgers in 78. And then we didn't see the World Series again, our, our World Series victory until 1996. We had been in the World Series in 1981 and we lost to the Dodgers. Shout out to Dave Winfield. Shout out to George Steinbrenner. They got beat up in the elevator and all of that. I don't remember all of that. But, um... Yeah, man, it's starting to look like that, you know? And, you know, um, there was Yankee teams that were running things and you know, 96. We should have won in 95. We got beat by the Mariners. 96, we lost in 97. Cleveland Indians gave it to us. Sandy Alomar hit the home run off of Mariano. But then when we came back in 98, 99, 2000, we won World Series three years in a row. We should have been four years in a row, but we lost to Arizona in 2001. Again, Mariano Rivera throwing the ball away, getting Derek Jeter hurt. Nobody wants to talk about that, but it's all good. Shout out to Mariano Rivera, first ballot Hall of Famer and all that, unanimous, all that. I, I respect it. But you still throw a World Series away. But I won't dwell on that. Um, 
Yeah, man. I just think that, you know, uh, the Yankees uh, are my team. I love my team. I'm not going to fall back and say, oh, we got 27 world championships and you don't. Nah, that's, that's easy. That's easy. I need to get one. I need that. So for all, you know, the, the work that Cashman does and, you know, um, Aaron Boone with these discombobulated lineups, everybody's kind of at fault. You know, you come to the game, you don't know where you're going to hit. There's no continuity in the lineup. One day you might hit third. The next day you might hit seventh. You know what I mean? So, again, Aaron Boone has to figure it out. We can't always depend on hitting home runs to win games. We had one RBI that came outside of a home run, and that was by Brett Gardner. We had one RBI, one. Everything else came courtesy of the home run. Don't get it twisted. I love my team. We hit home runs and this and that. But in big spots, we had the bases loaded twice in game five. Twice we had the bases loaded. Couldn't get it done. What are we doing? And as a Yankees fan, that's frustrating. We got we to gotta figure it out. We got to figure it out. And um, I just think that uh, whatever we do for 2020, you know, we have to be, you know, better than we were um, this past season. Um, I feel like, you know, we, we're going to be better. You know, we have to, we have to focus, make, make, make the pitching a focus. I think we have to definitely do that, make the pitching a focus, all right? Um, this is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We got um, the mayor in the house doing what I do. Wacko Bob is holding me down. Um, game two of the World Series about to pop off. You already know what it is. Another great pitching matchup. I just had to, I just had to vent a little bit, man. All right? Um, get an update. Bottom of the first. Nationals, two. Astros, nothing. All right? I was just was getting ready to say, Verlander. And um, Strasburg, the pitching matchup, the Nationals doing their thing. So I'm not, you know, caught up in the fact that, the, again, like I said earlier, with the Houston Astros and what they're doing, it's what they're not doing, you know. And it looks like good pitching will knock, you know, good hitting right out the box. I, um, we're going to take a pause to the cause, man. We come back, man. We're going to get into um, week um, seven of the NFL, talk about that a little bit. Because um, I'm going to do my NBA preview, man, and we're going to get it popping. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, live and direct on Wednesday, man. Wednesday. We'll be back in the building next Tuesday. All right? For all y'all who are interested, though, give a damn. All right? We'll be back, man. It's After Further Review, man. Let's go. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. 
Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that... We change it. Together. This is our time. One, two, three. Let's start a revolution. Let's may we. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to help preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world and at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. 
Call Abby today at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching for Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
right, man, we back in the building, man. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, the hump day edition. I know, I know, I know. It's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. You got your calendar right and all that. We've been, we're still in the building doing what we do. Now, nah, I mean, giving it to you hard body karate. I am the mayor. I'm in the building doing what I do. Um, Wacko Bob is in the building holding me down. I got my man Mike Summers in the house holding me down, making it do what it do out here. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, the World Series. We talked a little bit about the Yankees, man. Um, we're going to leave that alone. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit and move over to the NFL, man. Um, week seven. And when I say week, I do mean week, as in W-E-A-K, week. I'm going to lead off my um, NFL conversation here with um, the New York Jets. Um, you know, before the season started, you know, Le'Veon Bell and, you know, the, the, the acquisitions on the defense, C.J. Mosley and those guys, you know, they said, well, the Jets might make a little noise this year. Everybody makes noise on paper. Don't get it twisted. Everybody makes noise on paper. Jets going up against the New England Patriots at home on a Monday night, which should have been uh, uh, a game which kind of like let the Jets know where they stood as far as the barometer. But same Jets against the same Patriots. Patriots come in undefeated. The Jets come in with a garbage record. Um, 33 to nothing. What else is new? Sam Donald, he had a microphone on. Okay, he was mic'd up during the game, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, it gets to kind of get some insight to what these guys do, um, you know, in the heat of the moment. Sam Darnold was going through it, wasn't having one of his best games, especially coming off that um, game against the Dallas Cowboys, where they beat the Cowboys. All right, so it was a perfect, you know, uh, roll into a big Monday night game, division rival. Tom Brady, you know the rest. And um, the Jets just acted like they saw a ghost or something. And um, Sam Darnold actually saw a ghost. He said so while he was mic'd up. And um, it turned into a, not a controversy, it just turned into something that, you know, kind of like really scuffs my Tims, man. You know, they always want to make some drama out of nothing. Nonsense. You know, I don't want to say what I, what I, what I really want to say, because this is a family show. Shout out to my man, Wax with Bob. Um, Sam Darnold was speaking his mind. Now, do we want mic'd up players to speak their mind? Or do we not want mic'd up players to speak their mind? Because you could have easily gave that microphone to a player like Bronte Burfick Somebody you really don't want to hear, mic'd up. But you gave it to Sam Darnold, quarterback. Nothing wrong with that at all. So it kind of turns into a reap what you sow situation. If Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts out there and his, his offensive line wasn't blocking for him and he was just throwing the ball to whoever would catch it, then that's not Sam Darnold's fault. That's his offensive line's fault. That's Adam Gase's fault. So my thing is, and my question is, why are all these people pretending, and I said pretending, that's right, I said it, pretending that Sam Darnold did something so out, outside of the norm, or out the, outside the box, 
I don't get it. So you're hearing from a bunch of these, you know, football, you know, football experts, quote unquote. They didn't like it. He shouldn't have said that. They should have had a mic'd up. Why? What did you expect to hear? All he said was he told his truth. And so now they're making it to be some kind of big thing. Does he, you know, this is the biggest thing since Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. No, it's not. That will have nothing. That comes nowhere near Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble. Why? Because Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble was in, was within the game. Sam Garner was on the sideline when he said that, sitting on the bench actually, when he said what he said. So how do you compare Mark Sanchez, who was garbage anyway, period, to what Sam Darnold said? Sam Darnold wasn't out there. Yeah, he's throwing interceptions and all that. But Mark Sanchez was the one who fumbled the ball off the guy's butt. So I'm not seeing the, I'm not seeing the connection. I don't get it. Somebody has to explain that to me. But anyway, we're going to keep it pushing. Um, week seven, NFL, I mean, you know, a lot of teams that a lot of people were talking about, man, um, you know, your Kansas City Chiefs and those guys like that, man, are, are not really doing what they need to do. Um, a team that I like, besides my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we'll get into that too, because I know how to talk about my Bucks. I don't hear anybody saying anything too um, negative about the Indianapolis Colts. And Jacoby Brissett. Everybody was so mad at Andrew Luck because he did what was right for Andrew Luck. And he retired. I'm not mad at him at all. Why the hell did you get Jacoby Brissett in the first place if you didn't expect him to play and do well? Jacoby Brissett's not a garbage quarterback. And by the way, Jacoby Brissett is improving by the week which is not a good thing for the rest of the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts are the best team in the AFC South right now. Did you think you were going to hear those words come out of my mouth once Andrew Luck retired? You got the Houston Texans down there with Deshaun Watson doing his numbers. You got Tennessee now with Marcus Mariota on the bench. And, and Lord, the Jacksonville Jaguars, please, they, they, they went and traded Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. And they still have a chance to get 500 because you know who they play this week? They play the Jets at home. And that offense rolled up very big numbers against the Bengals last week. Jacksonville's at three and four. Indianapolis is at four and two. Houston's at four and three. As far as Houston's concerned, that defense has not been good enough this season. Shout out to J.J. Watt. They need to change that against the Raiders this week. And the Raiders are another sleeper team that people aren't really, you know, really believing in right now, but they're doing numbers. And at least Houston Texans, they get to play a team in Oakland that's been on the road for a month. Shout out to John Gruden and whatever he's doing. I mean, you know, we said that before the season started. Derek Carr is not all that bad. I don't really see where they needed Antonio Brown in the first place. Okay? 
And speaking on the Raiders, they're three and three, which is you know uh, nobody saw them being three and three at this point. And if you did, you're lying. They're in the middle of playing five straight away games. They go to Houston. Last week they was in Green Bay. Their defense fell apart. They got to step it up because quiet is kept. The Oakland Raiders are in playoff contention. Quiet is kept. All right. So again, man. Um, you know, we, we talk about this NFL, man, was, you know, almost at the halfway point of the season, pretty much. The Patriots still, you know, the class of the league, they keep rolling. They have, they don't really have a challenger in the AFC. Um, and the offense has been kind of sputtering. The defense is special for the New England Patriots. The Nova, you know, could you imagine if their offense is really clicking? They'd be killing everybody. But then, doing what they need to do, man. Offensively, Brady's holding it down. They're doing what they need to do. You know? Um, and, and what are you going to say about the Patriots in their defense? Nothing, because they're 7-0. and San Francisco 49ers. Dominant defense. Dominant. But the same situation that the Niners have, the Patriots have. The defense is, is special, but the offense has got to step it up. Jimmy Garoppolo. Those guys, they need, to, they need to step it up a little bit. New Orleans Saints, they're 5-0 and without Drew Brees now. What I've been saying about Teddy Bridgewater for the past couple of years. Teddy Bridgewater was on the Jets. Now, can you imagine if Teddy Bridgewater was playing for the Jets? No, me neither. I'm glad he got out of there. They didn't believe in that kid. I believe in him. He's the best backup in the league, but now he's a starter, and he's doing his numbers. 5-0. and oh. Shout out to Sean Payton. You know, um, I think that whatever New Orleans is doing, they're going to have to continue to do it. And when you know, Drew Brees comes back, there's not going to be any quarterback controversy. Brees is going to step right back in and get his job back. But you know you got a guy on the sideline in Teddy Bridgewater that can handle the load. And that's a wonderful thing. And remember, I know uh, Bob and, and, and Mike, they know, they say, you know, the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. That's the old saying in the NFL. But in this case, as far as the New Orleans Saints are concerned, you got two quarterbacks, you got three quarterbacks. Because we're not talking about Taysom Hill. Remember him? So you got Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, and Taysom Hill. So the Saints have two quarterbacks. They got three quarterbacks. So watch out for them, man. And, and, and the Chicago Bears, I don't even want to talk about them. They're making me look bad right now. Mitch Trubisky, wow. His name is not. Remember when he said, don't call me Mitch, call me Mitchell? Nah, your name is Mitch Trubisky. I was going to say something else, but this is the family show. Shout out to Wacko Bob. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say say this. We got to be we got to be careful here. You know, I said four quarterbacks are going to start to get old. Two of them that I think their injuries are are showing that they they've gotten old. But the one who's really getting old because the third one's really starting to show it, and his, his age is really starting to show it, even though he's a little bit younger. His time is up, and that of that that is that is Philip Rivers. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, you know, I, I for one, I know they're not going to want to get rid of the legend of Drew Brees. I don't know if he, he can go on anymore, anymore when he comes back from this. You know, he may, he, he'll definitely finish out the season. You're still going to want to try to keep him next season. But we're also looking at the fact that you got a lot of trade value now to look at in Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. You got a yeah. lot of trade value because that's going to be an $18 million quarterback again. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, and there, and there are teams that are going to want it. A lot of people are thinking that there's going to be six good quarterbacks coming into this NFL draft. I don't think so. Some of them are going to stick around and have their senior year. So, I mean, you know, some people got to look at that. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, there may be you, you may have four quarterbacks with potential, but uh, you know, you're not going to have six. You're not going to have it like you had it had it uh, this past year or two years ago, rather. Exactly. You're not going to have it like that. So you got to really, really look at it here, where this goes, where where this goes mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and as far as Trubisky goes, we got to see what see see what he's like after after coming back from this injury. You know, a lot of people are saying don't believe in the hype, and that may be true. That may be true, but uh, you know, we also got got to look at the fact that Trubisky. Well, was the most improved quarterback last year. So, I mean, it was, you know, that, that, that was no push against him. He's still got a ways to go, but can he make a difference for this Bears team? You know, and that's what we got to look at. A lot of people are saying no. I mean, I know you're one of them that's saying it too. So we got we to really yeah. look and see where he's going to be. I mean, you're still talking about one of the best defenses with the Bears, just like we are with yeah. the, uh, just like we are with the Patriots. <clears throat> But yeah, and uh, defenses win you games, and that's really what's been winning the Bears and the Patriots their games. Right, right. I mean, you know, with, with Mr. Trubisky, man, um, it's about his he regrets, man. Last year he was he was doing his numbers. Could, you couldn't be mad at Mr. Trubisky for what he did last year, that, but you were expecting him to build on that this year. But he's taking like five steps back, Wacko. He's taking like five steps back, my guy. You know what I mean? And that's not a good look. Because people, some people were talking about the Bears going to the Super Bowl. Now, let me, let me, let me run off a list of quarterbacks. And you, you let me know. Okay? I'm going to start at the bottom, and I'm going to work my way to the top. We got Josh Rosen. Yeah. We got Andy Dalton. Of course. We got Matt Ryan. Uh, we got you Sam go. Donald. We got um, Dwayne Haskins, right? We got right. Jameis Winston, who's who's on bum status right now. We got Daniel Jones, who come back. He's he's came back to earth. Okay, we got Philip Rivers. We talked about him. We got Joe Flacco. Okay, they got Drew Locke on standby. I don't know why. You got. Bum, Marcus Mariota, he let Ryan Tannehill come in and take his job. And Ryan Tannehill played pretty decent against the Chargers. Oh, no, he did. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know a lot of people are still saying Tannehill's not even going to be the long-term answer for them. You know, so, I mean, right, 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 right. Okay. We got Kyler Murray, who's a rookie, so he has excuses out there in Arizona. And he's won three straight games. 
Okay. Um, we got um, the kid in Cleveland, right? Baker Mayfield. Of course, yeah. They were supposed to be. They're supposed to be twenty and zero by now. They two and four. They can't get out their own way, and they got a game coming up on the road against the Patriots. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. We got Ben Roethlisberger who's worse. Mason Rudolph for the Steelers. We got Carson Wentz, who I never liked against with the Eagles. And you see what the show they did against the Cowboys on Sunday night. Oh God, yeah, I mean, that's a story in itself. Right, Deshaun Watson. You got Matt Stafford. Okay, they lost two straight division games. And Matt Stafford's going to be lucky if he has a few more years left. <laughs> right, Trubisky. Then you got the kid uh, Minshaw with the Jacksonville Jaguars because Nick Foles is out. And he's he's you got he's, Derek Carr. He's the rookie of the year, Minshaw. That kid, wow. Yeah, Minshaw is nice. Minshaw, Minshaw is nice. I, I, you know, and like you said, Bob. You know that that old adage about having two quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks. Nah, I mean with Jacksonville, you got two quarterbacks. Now you really got kind of like one and a half because Nick Foles is out. Um, what are we doing with Jared Goff? You know, I mean, even though that offense came to life against Atlanta. But me, you, and Mike could go out there and beat the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with I agree with what Colin, Colin Cowherd said. The Atlanta Falcons don't count here, and Jared Goff, too much is being put in, put into question about him, and and it, yeah, he's not defendable because he's you know as you know as great as the defense is, and yeah, he's been scoring some touchdowns. You can tell that that that, that offense is not in one accord, and Jared Goff is not. Right. Being, is right. not being the glue keeping that together. It's going to become. It's going. It's uh, it's going to unravel real fast on him if if he can't get to, he can't get it together and his coaches can't get it together. I, I mean, you know, you know, you know me, Bob. You know, I, I talk about it, man. I'll be about it. I, like I said, I, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The Rams came apart when they played the Eagles in that playoff game a couple of years ago when they had the, they had the Eagles at home and they couldn't get it done. All right. So it was like, okay, if they if you know, they just got the prosperity, let you know, let them get it together next year. They got it together. They went to the Super Bowl last year. All right. They didn't show up in the Super Bowl for all the offensive, you know, uh genius, you know, status that was given to Sean McVay. They didn't do nothing in the Super Bowl. All right. Um you know, you, you, you could pass it off to Todd Gurley being hurt and all this nonsense. I'm not really interested in that. Because they had running backs who were doing the, who was doing the job. The kid Malcolm Brown. They had C.J. Anderson. They was they, they had people that were doing the work. Okay. Um, continuing on with the, with the quarterbacks, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Okay. Um, here's a familiar name, Matt Moore. He's going to be starting now for the Chiefs. Okay. Um, Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott. They got back on track against the Eagles. Did their numbers. Um, Indianapolis. We talked about Jacoby Brissett. Um, Carolina, you know, no, Cam, no Cam Newton. They got Kyle, Kyle Allen, who's doing his thing. He's undefeated at quarterback as well. Okay. Um, but we'll see what happens when they go out to play the 49ers this week. Seattle, Russell Wilson, he's doing his numbers, man. To me, he's like, the, you know, among the best court, top three quarterbacks in the game. Now, if you want to talk about giving somebody a chance and sticking it out, that's that's a perfect that's a perfect uh uh segue to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins all of a sudden he's back to his you like that? 
you like that, he's back to those ways. Okay? He's been outstanding the past couple of weeks. Now we're going to see what he does against the Washington Redskins tomorrow night. All right? Um, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson doing his thing. Okay? Um, Buffalo. Josh Allen. What are we doing with him? Okay? We already know Aaron Rodgers was going on with him. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we talked about Drew Brees. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans. Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. And then last but not least, Tom Brady at the Patriots. So, you know, we talk about, you know, we look at the quarterbacks who are coming out and, and, and you know, maybe in the, in, in the 2020 draft and things of that nature. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that need to, I, I don't know if they need to change the scenery or if they need to go see the wizard to get some heart or what. I don't know what the hell is going on. But a lot of these quarterbacks that we, you know, put up on a pedestal, they're not showing up. And a lot of quarterbacks that we sleep on are doing their numbers, I guess, because nobody's really, you know, counting on them to do anything, you know? So you really don't know what you have. And, and, and when I say that, I focus on my team. My team is Tampa Bay. I'm done with Jameis Winston. The Jameis Winston experiment is over. If they want to look at, you know, doing something in the draft or doing something with, you know, one of these quarterbacks' names that we mentioned earlier, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that because you can't depend on Jameis Winston. You can't. And I sat here and I told you, I told you, I told Sonny Cruz, I told whoever would listen, yo, Tampa Bay is going to take Jameis Winston. Write it down, mark it down, take a picture, do whatever what you need to do. And they took Jameis Winston. So now I'm feeling kind of, you know, I kind of, you know, went with the flow a little bit. You know, I was ready to get rid of him last year. They were saying, nah, Bruce Arians is going to come in and he's going to talk to Jameis Winston and he has a history with Jameis Winston. Really? It don't seem like Jameis Winston is listening. He's still throwing the ball away. Five interceptions. How do you want to throw five interceptions? Five. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, man. I'm trying to work with you, man. Work with me. And one of the, and, and a couple of those interceptions was ugly. But the, the one that he threw straight to Luke Keekley, like, come on, bruh. What are we doing? I can't defend that. So it's not even about me because I'm not the one out there throwing the interceptions. I'm trying to rock with you because you are my team. I was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan before you was thought of. We trusted you to come in and take this team and turn it around. You turned it around, all right. Driving it right back to where we came from, the bottom. Now when, you know, the running game is trying to show some type of semblance. You know, Ronald Jones is doing his numbers. You can't get the ball to Mike Evans. You're talking about trading O.J. Howard. The defense is still suspect. But it all goes back to the quarterback position, man. And, and again, I, at the end of the day, if you can't handle the spot, man, give it to somebody else. And as a Bucks fan, I'm, I'm tired of this, man. You know, we're going through a rough stretch of the schedule right now. Um, you know, coming off a of bye week, we got to go to Tennessee. You know, this game should be, you know, this, this, this game, game – and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Wacko. This game should be a marquee game on the schedule. Why? 
because you had Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. You won two picks in the draft four years ago. Going up against each other. The barometer. They, you know what I mean? But now, Mariota's on the bench. And Jameis Winston, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this dude. And you know what? Even if Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston could do this, Bob. Jameis Winston could go 30 for 45, throw four, for 400 yards, throw for four touchdowns, and I still wouldn't trust him. I still wouldn't trust Jameis Winston. Because you don't know what he's going to give you next week. So until he puts it together on a, on a very consistent basis, which I don't think is going to happen in Tampa Bay, he, you know, he, he's, he's, he's suspect to me. And I'm a Bucks fan. And I don't have no time for the, the rah-rah and the pom-poms and all that. We don't do that. We don't do that cotton candy mess over here. We call it as it is. We'll deal Holyfield over here, man. I got no time for all of that. That, oh, we're going to get it together and you have to think positive and all that. Knock it off, man. Knock it off. For real. Because at the end of the day, with what your, your competition is in your division, Atlanta stinks. Matt Ryan is a bum. I've been saying that to you for the last four years. Matt Ryan is a bum. They don't know what they're doing with their situation in Carolina with Cam Newton and, and Kyle Allen. New Orleans, they, they got it going on. They got three quarterbacks. So you mean to tell me we can't jump over the Panthers and the Falcons to be New Orleans challenging the division? We can't do that? That's what you're telling me? And I'm looking at Jameis Winston. I'm looking at him sideways. Like, come on, bro. What you doing? Talk about, you know, we're going to get W's and all that. Where, where they at, yo? You left all the W's at Florida State. So, again, man, that, that's just, you know, that's just my thing, man, how I feel about it, man. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking that, you know, Jameis Winston, man, his time is running out in Tampa. I think he's kind of on borrowed time. You know, and Bruce Arians can't do nothing about it. He can't. The only way that this season can be salvageable for Tampa Bay is if they finish the season 12-4. and four. And that's not going to happen. We know it, you know it, and everybody else who's listening to the show right now, they know it. That's the only way. I'm not taking nine and seven. I'm not taking ten and six. I'm not none of that. The only way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can salvage this season and be like, okay, Jameis Winston, you earned your, you know, the, the, the new deal is for them to go twelve and four. And that's not gonna happen. So we back to square one. Everybody's past us. I'm not going to say, you know, the situation with Tennessee, I don't know what's going on with Mariota. You know what I mean? Maybe he's just going through some things, but he should still get a little bit of benefit of the doubt. You know, he has won playoff games on the road in Kansas City. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if he's just really, you know, he let Ryan Tannehill beat him out. So that's, that, says, that says more about Mariota Mary than it does Tannehill. Sad part Tannehill about had that it going on. Really... Go ahead, go ahead, Bob. I know, I know where you're going, to, or Tannehill had it going, you know, for him in, in Miami, but sad part about it is 
you know, this is more the result if both guys were healthy. If both guys are healthy, you know, Tannehill, I always said it, if these guys are healthy and they never had their injuries, Tannehill is definitely the better quarterback. But, man, with the injuries, I would would figure Mariota, Mariota benefited in in a recovery better than Tannehill did, to be honest, because I just, you know, Tannehill is, you know, is one of those that, you know, knows how to re-injure himself re-injure himself after coming coming out of an injury because he didn't do the right thing. So I would have said, I would have said if you talk about them with their injuries, I would go with Mariota. You know, but man, man, and you know, but we see what Tannehill's doing. You know, and I'll use the words you said. You know, Tannehill did his numbers. <laughs> you know, he did yeah, his numbers sure in that did. game. Yeah, he did his numbers, man. If he didn't, you know, what was that? He, he had a knee, or he, he messed his knee up, right? Yeah. Yeah, he had a knee injury. So, I mean, you know, the Miami Dolphins were on the upswing, man, and, and it was just, you know, kind of like um, contingent on what Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was going to do, but it kind of fell apart. So it just is what it is, man. And, and, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that before we get out of here, man. We'll talk about uh, what we got coming up in, in uh, week eight of the NFL. But um, let's switch gears a little bit, man. We're going to talk some college football, man. Um, I'm still flabbergasted. Yeah, that's that's one of those big words that I learned. Um, flabbergasted, man, at how people are kind of disrespecting Clemson. I mean, yeah, man, they had a tough game against North Carolina. Shout out to Mac Brown. You know, he went for two. And if they would have made that, then Clemson would have been out of the picture. I get it. I understand it. I, I definitely get it. I understand. But Clemson is the defending national champ. They, I think, they deserve the benefit of the doubt as much as anybody. And, you know, people say, oh, we're going to not, you know, take them out of the college, you know, the college football playoff now and things of that nature. I don't think you can. You know, Um, I don't really think that Oklahoma is playing that much better than Clemson. I think Ohio State is, is, is doing it, doing what they need to do. Alabama, I don't really know either. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember. You see how Clemson had a close call against North Carolina. Alabama, they didn't really play so tough against, you know, um, who they played last week? Texas A&M, somebody, they, they, they had a tough game against them. And they didn't drop, they didn't drop Alabama. Some people dropped Alabama down to number two. And they moved LSU up to number one. And I don't see that at all. I'm not, I'm not ready to, to put LSU up there yet. I don't, I don't trust them. Okay? But... As far as LSU is concerned, they beat Arkansas. Arkansas stinks. Okay? Um, Joe Burrow, he set the LSU single-season passing touchdown record in seven games. Okay. But what happens if they lose to Auburn this week? What happens? So, again, we we, we talk about these teams, man, and and, and, and their gaudy records and, you know, who they beat and things of that nature. But, again, I said it before and I'll say it again. College football is, is, is dope to me because these teams cannibalize each other. A lot of the teams that are undefeated, that are really good teams, they play in the same conference, so they got to see each other. So, and remember, in a couple of weeks, the first college football playoff rankings will be out. And I'm really, very interested to see where Clemson ends up and where LSU ends up. All right? And we're going to talk about a few teams right now. Um, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. If you didn't know or you weren't aware, you've been 
you know, on the moon or something the past couple of years. But this is how we give it up, man. It's Wednesday night. We usually do it on Tuesday, man. But, you know, we rock it with y'all on hump day, man. That's how we do. All right? Um, Oregon. You know, Oregon, Oregon came from behind to beat Washington on the road, did their thing, 6-1. Um, and one. one of those quarterbacks that, you know, we talk about, uh, Wacko, Justin Hebert, um, you know, does his numbers. And he's definitely going to be playing on Sundays, which is dope. But um, I think that Oregon, you know, we talked about them before. Even back in the, you know, the Marcus Mariota days. You know what I mean? We talked about Oregon. Now they're trying to, you know, get their comeback on, and I'm not mad at that. Um, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, really? You know what I'm saying? I, I, don't really, I don't give Georgia no type of respect. None at all. None. You already know how I feel about Georgia. Okay? Um, shout out to Jake Fromm. Okay, even though, you know, he had uh, 35 yards or 9 out of 12 passing, you know, DeAndre Swift saved the day for them. Um, I'm not going to worry about Georgia. Auburn, okay? Um, Shout out to Bo Nix. He had three touchdown passes. They got a big game coming up this week against LSU. We'll see. All right? Then we got Penn State. Penn State was, you know, beating the brakes off of Michigan, 21 nothing. But then Penn State's defense did just enough to hold on. So does that say, is that an indictment on the Penn State defense or is that an indictment on what Michigan tried to do? I think it's a wrap for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. It's a wrap. All right? Sean Clifford, he threw three touchdowns to Penn State. But I think what Penn State needs to do is they need to improve their running game. If they're going to go and play the Ohio State Buckeyes, man, Ohio State looks like, you know, they, they're ready. You know what I mean? So they got to get it together in that Big Ten. Um, Florida, okay? I was mad at them when they, when they, when they um, tried to give the game away against my Miami Hurricanes and ended up beating Miami. But it is what it is. Um, Kyle Trask doing his thing. He threw for four touchdowns, which is a career high. Florida and Georgia, they play in two weeks. And, um... To me, I, I think Florida, at this point right now, if you ask me who would I like in that Florida-Georgia game, which is going to happen in a couple of weeks, I'll take Florida. Because I think Florida has the momentum right now. Georgia is still trying to find themselves. They want to get into the college football playoffs so bad. They want to get into it so bad. But they had their chances. That's why I don't trust them. They had their chances. Anytime you have a uh, you play Alabama twice. You had them beat twice. You had them beat. You were leading in the fourth quarter twice. And you lost both of those games. Twice. I'm not messing with you. I put Georgia on the side. Clemson. A lot of people are, you know, trying to put Clemson down for the close call they had on the road against North Carolina. But they're still, in a, they're still undefeated. Trevor Lawrence is throwing interceptions. He's giving, he's giving the interceptions away like Nino Brown was giving away turkeys in New Jack City. Trevor Lawrence is 14 touchdowns and eight interceptions in seven games. He had four interceptions all last year. Is he getting comfortable? Is he believing his height? Are, 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 the, are the defense that, the, that they're playing that much tougher? What's going on with Clemson? That's the question with the Clemson Tigers. What are we doing with Trevor Lawrence? 
Remember, he came in as the golden child. You know, came and snatched the job away, took the job deservedly. And now we're kind of like, you know, he's kind of like coming back to earth a little bit. Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma. I still have him as my Heisman Trophy favorite. Respect to Joe Barrow. Respect to Tua. Respect to those guys. But anytime that you can complete 16 out of 17 passes for 316 yards, Bob, I repeat, 16 of 17 for 316 yards. Mike, what do you got yeah. to say about that yeah. one, too, man? You know, Mike's here, too, man. You know, I mean, that's... <laughs> right. Like, what do you say to that? You know what I mean? Um, I'm at a loss for I mean, words on know, that. The, the Achilles heel for Oklahoma, as it's been for the past few years, has been their defense. Jalen Hurts has got to throw. He's going to have to throw, you know, he's got to, you know, do five touchdowns every week because his defense is going to give up 30 points. So he's got to keep that momentum going. You know, um, Ohio State. I mean, you know, they, they do what they do, man. Um, they play Wisconsin, and that, and that now that, you know, that game has got a little water on it because Wisconsin lost last week. So it's not going to be two undefeated teams going against each other. So that kind of, you know, it waters that down a little bit. Um, Tua Tagliavoa. He's got a high ankle sprain. All right. Um, Alabama undefeated. Tagliavoa is going to miss the Arkansas game. But I don't think Alabama really needs him for that. But they need him to be back and be ready for the LSU game. So what I said earlier, man, it's starting to make sense. It's starting to come together now. All these teams that are you know, ranked number one, number two, number three, whatever, they have to see each other. So that's why I think that it's a beautiful thing that the college football playoff rankings don't take place until after Halloween. So in a couple of weeks, the first rankings will be out. And then we'll see the truth is going to start to be told about the four spots. Because we're going for, you know that, we're going for four spots. One through four make the playoffs. And I don't think there should really be too much of a, you know, argument or, or, or a tough decision about where the top four teams should be. Now, my opinion, my humble opinion, over here after further review, my top four teams are, hold that thought, when we come back from a break, I'm going to tell you my top four teams, the college football playoffs. This is after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. sideline pass. We're in the building. Let's, let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca 
or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Ski's Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Ski's, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rates. That's 863-294-5630 for Ski's Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to help preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world and at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching for Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography.
If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Well, we're back in the building, man. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Star Round Cash. You got the mayor in the house, man. Live and direct, rocking out with you on a hump day, man. All right, helping you get over the hump. 
kind of like a George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic song, you understand? Um, the mayor's in the house, man. I do what I do, man. I enjoy doing it, man. I hope you enjoy listening to me, man. I try to add some uh, humor to the seriousness of what we talk about and what we discuss over here. I got Wacko Bob in the building holding me down. I got my man Mike Summers in the house making it do what it do. Um, shout out to my hockey people. I got y'all covered, man, as I always do. A uh, couple of games in the NHL tonight. Second period, Ottawa leads Detroit 4-2. Tampa Bay Lightning lead the Pittsburgh Penguins one to nothing. Um, Going to go through um, a few teams real quick as far as the NHL is concerned. I I, I don't want to really spend a lot of time on it. No disrespect to my hockey people, man, but I want to talk a little basketball, man, and hopefully try to squeeze a little soccer in the build in the building. Mike Summers is is, is keeping me abreast of what's going on. Um, they're turning the lights out at Yankee Stadium because NY. CFC got defeated in the playoffs today, so um, there will be nobody playing at Yankee Stadium until the bowl game occurs, and that's football, so that's what's going on. All right, um, this is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You are in the building with the man. Shout out to my man, OG Wood, making it do what it do. I um, The Vancouver Canucks, man, they're looking good, you know what I mean, and um, doing what they do with a 6-3 and three record. And, um, you know, what are you going to say about that, man? It's surprising so far, man. Early in the season, they're, sur- they're surprising. Um, the Nashville Predators, they're giving up more goals than Ottawa. That's a lot to say, man, because Ottawa is, is, is kind of garbage, you know? And when I say kind of, that's putting it kindly, all right? Um, I can't talk about other teams without talking about my team, the New York Rangers. Um, two or four record. Um you know, we, we kept it real with you from the beginning in the NHL preview. We didn't think the Rangers were going to really do too much. We just wanted to be respectable this season. Um, I think they need to really invest and start looking for uh, a replacement for Henry Lundqvist. He's been around. But you know what? We talked about it. The Rangers like to keep goalies around, man, like used cars. They kept Ed Jockerman around forever. Shout out to him. They kept Mike Richter around, but he got a cup out the deal. Shout out to Mike Richter. You know, and the king, Andrew Lundquist. You know, shout out to him. You know, he went to a Stanley Cup against the Los Angeles Kings, couldn't get it done. But um, it's time for the Rangers to start, you know, um, looking around for a, 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 a goalie who can replace uh, Lundquist, man, because we're going to need that. All right. Um, Dallas Stars, man. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, they've combined for three goals in 11 games. All right. That's kind of doo doo. They need to step it up down there in Dallas. And uh, shout out to Dallas, man. I hope everybody's, you know, um, doing their thing. I heard they got hit with some weather, man, down there, man. I hope everybody's all right. Shout out to my man, Harlem Fresh 125. He's down there in Dallas. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, it's what it is, man. They, you know, the season's early. They're four and three. You know, um, they got to get it together, make some things happen for them. Um, New Jersey Devils. It's not even November yet. And uh, people are already trying to fire the coach. So, you know, it's early, but it gets late early for some teams, if that makes sense to you. It gets late early. All right? Um, let's talk about some good things going on in hockey. That, my, my Las Vegas Golden Knights, Mark andre Fleury, he turned 35 years old a couple of weeks ago. Um, and if he keeps up, you know, playing the way he's playing, you know, uh, Vegas might just, you know, play him until his body just turns into dust. You know what I mean? He, he, he's doing good, man. He, he, he's doing his numbers, as he should. 
you know. Um, Buffalo Sabres, 8-1. But you know what I say to that? Nothing. Because we've seen this movie before. You know, talk to me in March and April about Buffalo Sabres. All right? Um, the Boston Bruins, only their top line is scoring, and they still look real good. They're 6-1. Carolina Hurricane, their top line is not scoring, and they still look good at 6-3. All right? Um, talk about the Edmonton Oilers for a second. Connor McDavid. He's on a pace for 155 points. And to be honest with you, to keep it, uh, uh, keep it real with you, it doesn't seem ridiculous. He could do it. Edmonton Oilers are 7-2 right now. So, again, I just wanted to, you know, throw a little hockey in the mix real quick, man. Um, NBA. Yes, it's that time of year again. We've been talking about it since, you know, the, the finals ended last year. You know, um, now we're, we're back. The basketball is back. You know, the Lakers and however you want to fight. I'm sitting here looking at my New York Knicks right now. We're trying, you know. But um, talk about the Lakers a little bit. I watched the game last night, the Lakers and, and the Los Angeles Clippers, the battle for L.A. LeBron looks old, period. The, you could beat me in the head all you want about LeBron is still got it. He still want to know he's not. He's definitely not the top, not the best player in the league. Definitely. He might not be in the top four. Might not be in the top five. I could think of four, five players better than LeBron right now. Giannis. Kawhi Leonard. Jordan B. Hmm. Kevin Durant, but that don't really count. He's not playing. Right? And give me, um, Give me, give me uh, Steph Curry for shits and giggles. Give me Steph Curry. That's five right there. So, um, I'm not really caught up with, I never was caught up with the LeBron hype. You know me. If you've been following me and rocking with me, as long as I've been on After Further Review 2.0, you know I'm not really the biggest LeBron dude in the world. Never had been, never will be. No disrespect to the guy, but it just is what it is. Right. A few things we're going to talk about um, as far as the NBA is concerned. Um, the NBA is, is wide open this year for the first time in a long time. You know, um, you know, we start a season and say, oh, it's going to be about Golden State or wherever LeBron is, be it Cleveland, be it Miami, wherever he's at. It's about that. But this year, man, it's, a, it's, it's wide open. You know, um, the Clippers are the favorite. But a lot of people will take the Lakers on the strength of them having LeBron. Okay. Stop smoking that weed. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. You got the Sixers in the East. The Toronto Raptors are the defending champs. Nobody's mentioning them. The Golden State Warriors for the Kings of the West for five years. Nobody's talking about them. But Golden State it still have that core of the team that won the title in 2015. And remember, the year after that, they won 73 games. The only team that stood between a squad like, let's say, Houston Rockets in the championship is the Golden State Warriors team that had Kevin Durant. And they don't have Durant anymore. Let's talk about some new names, some new faces, some new teams. The Denver Nuggets. The Utah Jazz. 
And even the Portland Trailblazers. Remember, they was in the conference finals last year. Okay? What if the Boston Celtics make a move for a legit center? They have the assets, and it's really that's the only real problem spot on their team. So, again, the NBA is wide open, man. Um, we'll see, man. I, I think that, you know, we got to let the, the, the newness of the season, let that kind of develop. So what I mean by that is that, you know, the season just started last night. So you give it a month, give it up after, you know, after the holidays a little bit. Because, again, I'm going to say this again. I am a strong proponent of starting the NBA season Christmas. That's when the NBA season should start. That's just for me. Because I think that if the NBA season started on Christmas, that it would be the only thing really to focus on. Football would be winding down. You know, the only competition that the NBA would have really is, is, is hockey, right? And, and college basketball. That would be the only competition that the NBA would have. Now, as they start to see what the World Series is going on, you know, week eight of the NFL, the, 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 the MLS playoffs, you know, so it's a lot of stuff to, you know, for your attention to be divided, you know, and you want that attention, well, the NBA wants that attention focused on them. So if they started it around Christmas time, I think that would be a better, you know, a, a better a, a, a better start to, to what the NBA is trying to do because right now people are still getting into the mix. They're excited now because it's, it's, a, it's, a new, it's a new season and it's, you know, up in the air. Anybody can win this year. All right? Um, we're going through right now the LeBron James Reminder Tour. Remember, LeBron went to eight straight finals in the East. Last year's first season in the West. What did I tell you? He couldn't even get in the playoffs. I told you that the Lakers wasn't going to the playoffs last year. I told you that. They told me that I was crazy. They told me that I need to smoke some better weed. They told me I need to do something else. I don't need to talk about sports because LeBron and the Lakers are going to run through the West. I told everybody who would listen, the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. Did the Lakers make the playoffs? Hell no. But I'm not trying to call myself Nostradamus or nothing like that. I just know what I see. Um, I think that, you know, LeBron, you know, this is the year for him to show up and show a reminder that he's still you know, among the best players in the world. Um, he's got Anthony Davis to help him out. But again, he's got some competition, not in his division, not in his conference, in the same building. Kawhi Leonard and them gave them the business last night. And that was without Paul George. Wait till Paul George gets back. The Clippers going to really be on point. So, again, you know, for as much as it was routine for LeBron to go to the finals every year when he was in the East, he might not see the finals anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. And it would shut up a whole bunch of people. Because now you got the people that if you're not on the LeBron bandwagon, something's wrong with you. I say the opposite. If you are on the LeBron bandwagon, LeBron bandwagon something's wrong with you. It is what it is. Right? Um, Steph Curry. A lot of people sleeping on the Golden State Warriors. I say don't sleep on the Golden State Warriors. 
even though they don't have Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala is not there, Clay Thompson is going to be out for the year, or at least to the All-Star break. I think that the Golden State Warriors still have what it takes to be a playoff team. Now, do they have championship aspirations? I don't know. But I think that, you know, the only real hope that the Golden State Warriors have is if Steph Curry just gets back to how he did back in 2015 um, when he scored 30 points a game. And he had 403 point shots. He made 403 pointers. So I think that the only way that you're going to stop that, there's going to be a lot of that going on, is the double on Steph Curry. Because I don't think really anybody else on that squad, Draymond Green is not going to beat you. Even though he's a $100 million man now, he's not going to beat you. Um, I think that now with the NBA, there are no super teams, but everybody's got two players. It's like Batman and Robin type thing. You know? Um, remember, you know, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh down in Miami. Then you had... Steph Curry, Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green to go to state. It, it, it's different now. You know, now you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in L.A. with the Clippers. LeBron and Anthony Davis in L.A. with the Lakers. James Harden and Russell Westbrook with the Rockets. They're teammates that used to play together in Oklahoma City. That's why the Rockets are going to be better than people giving them credit for I think James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to be able to play together because they did that before. You got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. Simmons needs to find his jumper. Embiid needs to find his heart. And all the Philadelphia 76ers fans out there that think y'all going to the finals, I got a question for you. When is Kleenex night at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia? Because the last time I saw Joel Embiid, he was crying. Crying like a little girl. He got beat in game seven by, you guessed it, Kawhi Leonard. And he was crying like a little girl. The reason why I put the emphasis on that is because Joel Embiid likes to talk a lot of garbage. He likes to laugh at people. And this is coming from somebody who can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the court. But he likes to laugh at everybody else. But he was crying. I'm not talking about the fake crying you see on Maury. I'm talking about boo-hoo, tears, buckets of tears, crying like a little girl. Because you know why? Because you have to face the facts. All that junk that you talk, now you had to face the now you had to face the people that you was talking that junk to and talking that junk about. And you couldn't do it. But off of that though. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray in Denver. All right. You got Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. When Klay Thompson comes back and goes to state. But for right now, you got Curry and Draymond Green. And with that duo right there, you could arguably say that you have the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the league. Moving down a little bit, you got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in Utah. Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum in Portland. Did you hear the, the diss records that Dame Lillard and Shaq made about each other? Wow. They went in. Shout out to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard got bars. But Shaq got bars, too. Don't get it twisted. Shaq been doing it. Um, 
Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis in Dallas. Giannis and Chris Middleton in Milwaukee. You got Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum in Boston. Then you throw in, you know, Gordon Hayward. You could throw him in the mix. And if he gets back to his old self before he got injured, you might have something in Boston. You just might have something. Um, you know, next year you got Durant and Kyrie in Brooklyn. And then you got John Wall and Bradley Beal in Washington. So it's about duos. It's not about, you know, triple threats and four guys. It's about two guys and everybody else. All right? Um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. We talked about it, you know, a little bit. Um, I think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work well enough for them to get to the finals. But I think that, you know, they're going to, you know, do their numbers. I think that, um, you know, can Russell Westbrook really exist as a number two? Uh, I would say he has to. He did it all in years of Oklahoma City playing by Kevin Durant. So, again, I think that, um, you know, playing Russell Westbrook off the ball as, you know, again, he's not really the, the best shooter in the world. You know, he shoots less than 30% from three-point range. Um, people, you know, like myself, I'll tell you it could work because Russell Westbrook, he can cut to the basket, and he's a secondary playmaker. He can attack closeouts, and, 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 and he could make sense out there with James Harden. But I think that, you know, um, thinking that Russell Westbrook is going to wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to change my style of play because I'm playing with James Harden. Nah, that's not going to happen. And he's not going to start suddenly making three-pointers either. So I think that um, once we get to maybe after the new year, around the all-star break, a lot of stuff is going to you know, start to show itself. It's going to start to reveal itself. You know, um, if James Harden couldn't play with Chris Paul because he didn't like him, that's something different. Because Russell Westbrook is not going to change his game. And he's definitely not going to shoot a lot better than he has the past two years. So either Houston is going to be a championship contender or a team that just made a headline-grabbing move that really didn't make them any better. And perhaps a little worse. We'll see. Ben Simmons. Is he finally going to get his shot together? Because I think, personally, I think that I could shoot better than Ben Simmons. Period. Because I shoot. I could shoot. I can get out there and put it. I'll I, I get you. My, my old self, I can get you 15 off the bench. Period. I can get you 15. I still got my jumper. Um, we've seen the summer league footage of Ben Simmons making 25-footers in the open gym. Anybody can do that with no defense on them. You know, but I think if a portion of that, you know, not all of it, just a little bit. If a little bit, little bit of it can be real, then that would be a godsend for the Sixers. They, you know, they've been a championship caliber team, and they still are. You know, um... If you if, if Brett Brown, Brett Brown, who's the coach of the Sixers, if he has to continue to find ways to hide Ben Simmons in the half court, which kind of happens too much when you know both you know Simmons and Embiid are trying to you know occupy the same interior territory, it's going to be a problem. 
I think if Ben Simmons can develop at least a, a minimal jump shot, I think it would probably be the best development in the NBA. And if he can, you know, if he could be counted on to make that jumper, then we're talking about something. But until then, we got to wait and figure it out and see. And again, you don't want him to get happy with the jumper. Say he does, you know, develop his jump draft. Is he going to be so happy with it now that he's going to forget about and be down in the paint and forget about getting him the ball down low? And remember, the Sixers have Al Horford now. So you really got some beasts down there, you know, playing down low for the Sixers. You got Joel Embiid. You got Al Horford. So if Ben Simmons uh, can, can, can find his jumper, which would be a great thing, but he's going to have to use it in a smart way. He's got to be smart about it. And that's where the problem is going to come in at. All right? Um, a couple more things, man. We're going to get the three-minute rant, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, Giannis, okay, the Milwaukee Bucks, they went from a team that lost in the first round last year, the best record in the league, and a berth in the conference finals. Giannis went from an up-and-coming all-star to the MVP. But in the end, it showed that he wasn't ready to carry his team to a title. He got exposed in the playoffs. This year, Giannis and Milwaukee Bucks will not be sneaking up on anybody. And I think that watching them play last year kind of developed a blueprint. If you, if you cut Giannis off because he puts his head down and he drives to the basket and you force Milwaukee shooters to beat you, they don't have Malcolm Brogdon this year. And I don't know if, if, if Marcus all, excuse me, I don't know if um, the Lopez kid, I'm sorry, I don't know if the Lopez kid is going to shoot all them three-pointers again. All right? They got Kyle Korver to help them out, but we'll see what happens with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Utah Jazz. The Jazz, man, they could, you know, they, they – you know, looking at them on paper, they could be the most improved team in the league. They added uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. They added Mike Conley. All right? So now they have the pieces to be an a, a elite defensive team and an elite offensive team. And they have spacing. And we didn't even mention Donovan Mitchell's name. He's going to be the guy. We didn't mention Rudy Gobert. He's the guy on the defensive side. We didn't mention Joe Ingles. He's one of the best long-range shooters in the league. We talked about how the West is a nightmare. But I think that Utah, you know, if, if, if they can, you know, get some luck and, and all these guys have career years, we might be talking about something with the Utah Jazz. And see, with all these teams in the West, that's what the Lakers have to contend with. That's why I'm not putting no stock in the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans after Anthony Davis. Um, Zion Williamson, he was supposed to be the, 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 the best player coming out, and, you know, they couldn't wait for him to come out. He won't be around until at least January. Can you imagine if Zion Williamson was taken by the New York Knicks in the draft and we won't see him until February? They had burned Madison Square Garden down. 
So that's why one of the reasons why I'm glad that the Knicks didn't get Zion Williamson. I'm glad we didn't get Zion. I'm glad we didn't get Kevin Durant. We'd have been looking real stupid right now. All of this talk about, oh, Zion Williamson's coming to the Knicks and Kevin Durant's coming to the Knicks. For what? We'd be looking real crazy right now. We have Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson, and neither one of them will be playing. So it just is what it is, man. But I think that um, the Pelicans, you know, they got Zion Williamson. They got some things going. They got Lonzo Ball. They got Brandon Ingram, J.J. Reddick. You know what I mean? Drew Holiday at the point. Derek Favors. They got some things to work with. But I think that right now, you know, they're stuck in the, in the wrong conference. If the New Orleans Pelicans was in the East, then we'd be talking about something. But I just think that they're, you know, in the wrong conference. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think Zion's going to get rookie of the year. You know, I can't see him getting rookie of the year over like the, you know, um, you know, you got guys like John Morant, you know, R.J. Barrett, you know, um, a bunch of guys, Tyler Hero in Miami, you know, a bunch of guys who can, who, can, who can make you forget about Zion Williamson. By the time Zion Williamson comes back, those guys will be having great years. So, again, let's, let's, let's dare to talk about Zion Williamson being an all-star. Let's forget about that, too. Throw that out the window. That's not going to happen. Not this year. Okay? Um, Zion needs to lay off, the, lay off all that good food, that gumbo and the baguettes and all that stuff down there in New Orleans. Leave it alone. Learn how to say no. Lose about 35, 40 pounds, and you'll be all right. But right now, I'm so glad that we didn't mess with Zion Williamson. So glad. Um, Miami Heat. What's good with Jimmy Butler? Can Jimmy Butler stand, you know, the heat of being a man? No pun intended. Um, I think that he's going to love that idea of being the clear-cut best player on the team and the number one offensive option on the team. Um, I think that, you know, he says all he cares about is winning. Um, I, I think that, you know, he, he you know, made the, the, the best move for him. him. Because, again, if he would have stayed in Philly, it would have been about Embiid and, you know, the Ben Simmons thing. So Jimmy Butler would have had to kind of, like, fight. And Jimmy Butler knows how to do that. He would have had to fight for his. So he went down to Miami, got down there with Pat Riley. You know, um, they, they, they got a, a nice little situation around them. And the Miami Heat are better than a lot of people give them credit for. They have young talent. They have a drive and kick system that, you know, Suits Jimmy Butler very well. They're tough, and they're very versatile defensively. They have shooters. You know, they, they have a shot to be the third-best team in the East behind Philadelphia and Milwaukee, you know? So, again, you know, the pressure is going to be on them to win now. And, um, you know, um, I, I just think that if they can add one more piece, not that they really need that piece, if they could just add it, I think Miami will be right back in the mix um, with the Philadelphias and your, um, you know, your, your, your Milwaukee's and all that. All right. Um, 
Yeah, man, we might as well just take this out, ride it out, man, to 10 o'clock. You know what I mean? We in the building. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. The Hump Day edition, y'all. We are in the house. Me and my man, Wacko Bob. Mike Summers is in the building holding it down and all that good stuff. Um, Mike, what's good, man? A lot of stuff good. I know uh, probably bad on your end. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> uh, uh, your NYCFC uh, fell to defeat to Toronto FC 2-1, to one, so they're eliminated from the MLS playoffs. But uh, Toronto's going to have a tough test because they're going to take on the winner of the defending MLS Cup champion, Atlanta United FC or the Philadelphia Union. That's on the east side. On the west side, you got Seattle Sounders taking on Real Salt Lake tonight. As a matter of fact, it's mm-hmm. coming up at the top of the hour. And then tomorrow, it's going to be the Battle of L.A. No, it ain't the Clippers and the Lakers. No, it ain't the uh, Chargers and the Rams. It's not the Angels and the Dodgers. Heck, it's not even the Ducks and the Kings. We're talking <laughs> LAFC against the L.A. Galaxy. All right. Let's get it. All right. Um, what's your thoughts about what's your thoughts on that, man? Who, who who's going to come out with the title? I know Atlanta won last year. Who, who's going to win it this year? Well, Atlanta beat Portland to do that, which still sticks in my craw a little bit. But it's it's always up in the air with soccer. So I'm thinking that what the way things look, I'm going to predict this one. Atlanta will go. Will play Seattle in the uh, in the MLS Cup final. Are you heard it here first? Atlanta right now, and Seattle. It's just, it's just conferences right now. No doubt. That's what it is. Appreciate you. A um, couple of games, man. Um, looking, looking, I'm trying to look at as far as week eight in the NFL is concerned, man. Um, we got a few more minutes. I want to get a couple of games in, see what you thought about them before we get the three-minute rant and before we get out of here. Um, what's your thoughts on the um, – San Francisco 49ers, man. What's your thoughts on them this year? How, how, how they've been playing so far? Let me tell you, Mayor. I'm going to say this right now. The 12-year-old self is jumping for joy right now because this team is starting to look like the Niners of old, back uh, back all the way back to the days of Bill Walsh and Joe Montana and uh, Dwight Clark and John Taylor, even Jerry Rice and and, and – Ken Norton on defense and everything. I mean, I mean, this is this is a team that is really on a hot streak. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo can do no wrong. This, uh, six and zero. Oh, I don't think I've seen a Niner team start out this hot in in years. I think probably, I'm going to go back and say back to the Montana days. The Niners are looking for real this year. Okay, all right. Um, they got um, a home game against Carolina. Uh, the Panthers are coming off their bye, um, while the Niners are home for the first time in three weeks. Like you mentioned, the Niners are playing great defense, but their offense is limited in what they can do throwing the ball. Um, what, do you, what do you think about as far as Carolina's defense and, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo being able to deal with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, Carolina's defense, they got to step it up. They really have to step it up. Their offense is actually really, really good. It's Christian McCaffrey's team, as as Bob right. and I have said so right. many times, so many weeks on NFL Rap. But you got, uh, but you got this uh, this new uh, young quarterback. I believe his name is Kyle Allen. Right. This guy is this guy is an absolute beast. He's for real. They're going to make people think, forget about Cam Newton real fast. 
is, is what I'm hearing, is what I'm seeing right here. So I think that this is going to be a tough game. This is probably going to be one of the toughest tests for the Niners and for Garoppolo. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there, man, um, and maybe we can go back to it. Um, Cam Newton. I think that Cam Newton, and I'm just going to say this, and I know it might get a response, it might not, it doesn't matter. Cam Newton might end up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. I said it. There. I got it out. I said it. Um, for the reason why I said that is because you mentioned Kyle Allen doing his thing. I think Cam Newton needs to change the scenery. I think I definitely think Jameis Winston needs to change the scenery. I think that, um, you know, with the quarterbacks that are out there, including the ones that, you know, are looking, you know, we're looking forward to seeing in the, in the draft. Um, there's enough talent at, that's currently playing right now that, you know, Tampa Bay could go out there and snatch up somebody that could help them right now. Um, and if um, Newton, Cam Newton's not going to get his chance in Carolina, no disrespect to Kyle Allen, because Kyle Allen deserves it. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know what happened to Will Greer, but I think that, um, you know, if, if Cam deserve, you know, needs a change of scenery, Tampa Bay would be the right place for him. Um, but he has to be healthy. If he's not healthy, no, I don't, I don't want to be bothered with him. But um, I, just, I just want to put that out there because people, you know, this is, the, this is the era of the hot take and the, the wild prediction and all that. So I just wanted to put that out there, man. Um, I'm going to get into the three-minute rant right now, all right? Um, what I'm going to talk about right now in the three-minute rant is a couple of things. Um, it might take me past three minutes, but who cares? Um, the World Series. The Washington Nationals. We have them in six, right? Um, I like what the Washington Nationals have done so far. I like what they've done, you know, all season long, even though they started out 19 and 31. You know, they were talking about firing Davey Martinez. Um, before the season started, a lot of people were, you know, really on Washington, you know, on the strength of, you know, the pitching that they had, the Scherzers, the Strasburgs, and they acquired Patrick Corbin. Um, but I think their Achilles heel was the situation where Bryce Harper was gone. So I think that, you know, with Bryce Harper being gone, a lot of people kind of like say, ah, Washington, you know, you got the Dodgers, you know what I mean? You got... You know, you got the Cubs, you got the Cardinals, you got, you know, other teams like that. But I think the Washington Nationals found themselves, you know. Um, they have just the right mix, you know, the Howie Kendricks of the world, you know, those guys, you know, and they got young guys, the Juan Sotos of the world, you know, uh, the Victor Robles of the world, those guys, you know. I think they just, you know, did what they had to do, and they, and they didn't really sneak up on anybody because we saw them coming. But it's just that, you know, um, they were the last team standing in the National League um, when it was all said and done, and they deserved it. You know, um, you know, I think that, you know, today as we speak, you know, you look at a team like the Dodgers that, you know, can't seem to, you know, get it done. It's like Clayton Kershaw's garbage in October. You know, they're looking at him sideways. But, you know, that's not the Washington Nationals' problem. You know, they're young. They're hungry. They're talented, and they have the right, you know, veteran mix on their team. Just enough veteran 
leadership on their team. Shout out to Ryan Zimmerman, you know, uh, one of the best players in the league, you know, Anthony Rendon, um, another one of the best players in the league that doesn't really get a lot of, of publicity like that, Trey Turner. You know, they got, they, got, they got a team, man. So when this World Series came down, you know, the Nationals and the Astros, a lot of people were like, oh, the Astros are going to kill Washington. Astros are going to kill Washington. Nah, man, knock it off. Washington is playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. The pressure is all on the Houston Astros. Yeah, they beat the Yankees. Okay, that's fine. Okay. But a lot of people had the Astros type to go to the World Series, go back to the World Series anyway. But I think the Washington Nationals, man, I picked them to win the World Series in six games. They're doing their numbers. I like what I see. Um, and, again, at the end of the day, man, you know, let them do what they do. If they, if they win, you know, I hope that, you know, they give a shout-out to the people of Montreal, you know, I hope that, you know, uh, Davey Martinez, you know, gets, you know, the, the respect that he deserves. I hope that, you know, um, those guys learn that, you know, 19 and 31 doesn't mean anything in October when you're still playing and everybody else is at home. You know? So I, I just want the Washington Nationals to, 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 to show up and do what they do. You know, and again, we talked about it behind the scenes. You know, you want the team that beat your team to lose. So, I, you know, I want the Nationals to, to beat the brakes off the Houston Astros. I want them to beat the brakes off them, straight like that. You know, and they deserve it, man. The Washington Nationals, that city is turning into the city of champions, huh? They got the Washington Mystics winning the title. You got the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup a couple years back. You know what I mean? Um, now you got the Nationals in the World Series. And all they got to do is get, get the uh, Washington Redskins to step their game up, and they'll be all right. So again, man, um, that 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 area of the country now is is is, is championship city, and you can't sleep on it. You know, shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they're doing their numbers. So again, man, um, you know, you, you you it is what it is with the Washington Nationals, man. They World Series bound, and hopefully that um they'll get it done and they'll finish the job. All right, this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, man. We knocked another one out, Hump Day edition. Wacko Bob in the building. My man Mike Summers holding me down. Shout out to everybody out there that checked out the show, man. I'm in the building, man, every Tuesday night, man, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You already know what it is. All right, you can get me on Twitter at RMDeath. Um, I got the um, What's Left podcast. That's on Anchor.fm. Check me out. Um, I got, um, uh, wow, I got No Knockoffs Radio. That's Friday, Saturdays, Sundays, 9 to 11. We're going to make history this weekend on Friday night. We're going to uh, be the first podcast to go 12 hours straight, hard body, karate. You don't know who's going to come through. We got some confirmations from some big, um, some hip-hop acts. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to... Ren from NWA. Um, shout out to uh, Dot X Brand Nubian. Um, shout out to um, what's my man, uh, Eight Ball MJG. We got a lot of people coming through to the podcast, man. So we're going twelve hours strong from eight p.m. to eight a.m. So we're on Zoom, the the, the app Zoom. So make sure you come through. It's on video, so it's not a it's not an audio thing. It's on video, so everybody get to see you or whatever, and. Um, it's a BYOB situation. 
If you know what that is, then come through. All right? Shout out to my man, Wacko Bob. Shout out to Mike Summers. Shout out to the whole Action VR situation, man. I'll holler at y'all next week. This is the mayor, Action Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, and we out. Peace.